Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If y'all are enjoying your day, sweet, if not, what the hell ever, ladies and gentlemen, Elimination Chamber 2023, the last premium live event slash pay-per-view or whatever people want to call it nowadays, finally done. The last event before WrestleMania is done. Now let's get into the show. Opening contest, the six-way Elimination Chamber match to determine the number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 39. Asuka, Carmella, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Raquel Rodriguez, and Nikki Cross. So, usually you don't see a lot of women's Elimination Chamber matches that people will remember. This may have been the, excep- may have been the exception. So, starting off, Liv Morgan and Natalia, they're going back and forth. Not a whole lot of memorable moments other than just chain wrestling, which you don't expect in a chamber match. One of the early highlights you can remember was Liv constantly Irish whipping Natalia back and forth between the ropes and the chains on the outside of the chamber just repeatedly like boom, 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 boom. Kind of nice touch there. Raquel becomes the first entrant out of her pod. She's going on a rampage, which you see all the time. Ah, I'm out of my pod. Yay, momentum and all that shit. And Natalia, or Raquel at one point is out on the outside. She's got Natalia on her back. Catches Liv, who's going for a running crossbody, but Natalia slips out of the hole that she's stuck in and hits a sunset flip to Raquel into the chains of the chamber. So it's like it's a good thing rather than just seeing a dominating double-team maneuver that we see so many times with the larger powerhouse type of wrestlers. Nikki Cross comes out. She's all excited. She's like, yay, play, play, and all that shit. She's running amok on all her opponents. She even gets on top of Carmella's pod and gets a diving crossbody to Liv... Carmella, or not Carmella, Liv, Natalia, and Raquel on the floor. I mean, you gotta figure, Nikki Cross, crazy, she ain't gonna fear shit. So good crossbody moment there. Carmella comes out, and she's feeling to pin either Liv or Natalia, because that's her first motivation. Then she decides, oh, I gotta get away from Nikki, goes back into her pod, but then runs out of the way, because Raquel drives Nikki, Nikki Cross through the glass of Carmella's pod. And then Carmella's trying to get away again. Nikki gets thrown back into the ring, and Raquel eliminates her. Which is like, I don't get why you didn't do it on the floor. You can do, it's false count anywhere in an Elimination Chamber match. We've seen it in the past. So the match is still going on. Liv even scales the chamber wall to get on top of Asuka's pod. And even get, when Raquel and I think it's Natalia are trying to fight in the corner, Raquel is towards the top. And Liv dives off the top of the chamber pod to Raquel into a sunset flip powerbomb. And Carmella tries getting the pin, but doesn't work. And then finally, Asuka comes out as the final entrant of the match. She's going ape shit on Carmella. Liv is doing that, trying to go for that Oblivion move, which is like that springboard flatliner, I think, off the ropes. It's a super kick by Carmella, so that doesn't work. And then, of course, Natalia gets a sharpshooter put on Liv. Liv's trying not to tap out, but then Asuka gets... Asuka, I don't know what she's calling it. It's like that double back arm wrench. Not quite the rings of Saturn. She's just holding Liv's arm back and everything like that, so without the headlock. And Liv passes out, so... Yeah, there goes Liv Morgan out of there. Natalia's even get, finally gets a sharpshooter then on Asuka, but Carmella super kicks Natalia to get rid of her, so it kind of made me feel a little bit reminiscent to that what we saw towards the end of that triple threat from WrestleMania 20. Anybody seen that knows about that. Then Raquel gets eliminated after both Carmella and Asuka are just doing this rant, constant kick combo rampage. So Raquel's out of there. Then Asuka and Carmella are left. They're trading pin attempts, and then Asuka gets that same submission hold that we saw before on Liv, that double arm wrench, I don't think she's even got a name for it yet. On Carmella, Carmella taps out, and Asuka wins. So this vicious side of Asuka has done her favors, and now she's going on to face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 39 for the Raw Women's Championship. Now we get on to the second bout. 
another match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. That's right, Black Lesnar and Brock Lesnar. For the third time, we saw it at the Royal Rumble a few years ago where Lashley defeated Brock Lesnar to become WWE Champion thanks to Roman Reigns, which I think they kind of forgot about. And then you had that, I think it was Elimination Chamber last year, where, or it was this year, it was one of the two. Brock defeated Bobby just barely, even though there was a slight botch finish, so it's like, hey, third time's a charm. And Brock, of course, getting pissed off and eliminate, or stopping Bobby Lashley from keeping his U.S. title from Austin Theory and then Lashley embarrassing Brock at the Royal Rumble. For this year, now we get this. And, uh, uh, the one good thing I can at least say about this match, didn't get Suplex City, outside of a belly-to-belly -belly suplex, but the match starts, Bobby, or, is getting charged into the corner, Brock's just dominating him, but then Lashley decides to get up, gets two back-to-back -back spears on Brock, and tries to go for the Hurt Lock, Bob, or Brock fights it off, gets that F5 on to near, for near fall onto Lashley, then he gets a second one. Near fall, and I'm watching this. I'm like, please, WWE, don't make me relive the flashbacks I'm getting for WrestleMania 34 with this with the F5s. Or I could have said Crown Jewel 2018 as well because history repeats itself. Brock's gonna go for a third F5. Lashley stops it, gets a third spear, finally gets the hurt lock on Lashley. Then Brock can't break out of the move, so he kicks Lashley in his big black cock, and that goes for a disqualification. Post match. Brock ain't happy about that, so he F5s referee Chad Patton, gives another one to Bobby Lashley, and then does one to Lashley again on the outside through the announce table. Then he picks up Chad Patton, who's on the outside after dragging him out of there, and hits the F5 to Chad Patton on the remains of the destroyed announce table. Yeah, there's a lot of F5s. Brock clearly wanted to refresh something tonight. But yeah, this match was a letdown. I mean, the chamber match was great. But this, well, really good, not quite great compared to what we get later. And this was just an absolute letdown, but it's pretty clear that they're just doing this as a storyline match to build up whatever they're planning for WrestleMania. I mean, they gotta go with the stipulation match now because they had the WWE title match with Royal Rumble a couple years, or was it two years? No, last year. Yeah, so you had the WWE title match last year. Then you had the one-on-one -on -one match at Saudi Arabia that had an iffy finish. You have this DQ finish, so now you got to do something for WrestleMania between these two, because I don't think another standard match is going to quite cut it. Third match, Judgment Day being Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley versus Edge and Beth Phoenix in the tag match. Edge has been feuding with Judgment Day ever since they kicked him out of the faction, back and forth stuff with, like, attacks and costing each other matches and Royal Rumble appearances and attacking on Beth. So now, we got this tag team match, and of course... Crowds love an edge. Sing along with the theme song like you saw at Clash of the Castle, except we're in Canada this time. So Edge and Beth, they're starting off, like, going hot and everything like that. And they even do that step-up corner splash in a fin, similar to what Edge and Christian used to do back in the day. So it's like, hey, remember this? Yeah, but one of those guys isn't even in the company that used to take part in that move anymore that you can't reference. So Beth and Rhea are, like, both illegal competitors. They're trying to outpower each other. And the crowd's not even focusing on them. They're constantly chanting, fuck you, Dominic. Over and over, even if the women are trying to test his strength. To Finn later on, he's just, he's distracting the referee as Beth is going up top, and Dominic has to do a second take of this, because it takes him two tries to crotch Beth on the top rope, so there goes her pussy. And then Edge chases Dominic away, after, while giving chase, he also clotheslines Finn on the floor, but Dominic soon comes back. You're not going to get rid of that boy. Rhea catches Beth on the top, or stopping, uh, ah. Rhea stops Beth from trying to go for the tag. But Beth reverses that hug into a DDT, then goes under the ring and manages to trip up Edge off the apron just as Beth was about to tag him or tag him in. So that was actually pretty smart. 
Uh, Rhea tries going for the Riptide. Rhea stops her Clam Slam, so a couple trigger reverse or, or reversals of finishers. Both women go to the corner. Rhea looks like she's about to go for a Glam Slam of her own off the second rope to Beth, but Beth stops that and then delivers the Superplex to Rhea. So yeah, the women are both down, and that actually got a great reaction from the crowd. Now we're getting into the final sequence. Edge gets the hot tag. He's taking out Ed, Finn over and over. He tries to go for the execution, that DDT. Finn stops it, takes down Edge, tries to go for that jumping stop. Edge avoids that and gets the educator, that modified sharpshooter on Finn. Rhea gets in there, but Beth locks in one of her own, and then Dominic distracts the referee. Rhea's got gets out of the submission because Beth is like, fuck you, Dominic, and tries to chase him off. Rhea grabs brass snuggles that Dominic snuck in. Boom, uses them on Edge. And Edge barely kicks out of the pin by Finn. You can tell Beth was just slightly late to break up the pinfall there, so Edge had to barely kick out. Then Beth, she's going after Dominic, throws him off the into the ropes from when they're brawling outside, which stops Finn from going for the coup de gras. So they knocked Finn Baylor boy a little loopy. Both women are, and men are in the ring out in the corners. And we see two big power bombs. Beth doing one onto Finn, and Rhea doing one to Edge. So, nice double powerbomb spot there. Then the brawling is going back on the outside. Dominic and Rhea are ready to do a concerto to Beth as Edge is getting forced to watch, but Beth avoids getting hit with a chair on the steel steps, and then glam slam to Rhea on the floor. Love that. Then Edge gets the execution, tries to go, actually does hit the execution on Finn, hits a suicide dive to Dominic. I don't remember if we've ever seen Edge do suicide dives that often. Then Edge gets hit with a sling blade, in order to uh, for Finn to avoid the spear. Then Finn tries to go for that shotgun dropkick, but he eats the spear in midair, or in mid-move, gets up, and we see both Beth and Edge do a shatter machine to Finn Bauer for the win. So a nice throwback to FTR there, and that is it for the Judgment Day. But it, I don't know if it's quite there yet, because it might have to end at WrestleMania, because you saw Finn during his way to the back. He's just looking at Edge. He's like, I hate you. I hate you, fella. I hate you. So... I guess they're probably going to have to finish this off for WrestleMania, I guess? Who knows? But it's got to be something between Edge and Finn. Now, match number four. The United States Championship Elimination Chamber match. Champion Austin Theory defending the championship against Seth Rollins, Bronson Reed, Montez Ford, Damian Priest, and Johnny Gargano. The first time ever where the United States Championship is now on the line in the Elimination Chamber match. Second time ever where a mid-card championship, if memory serves me right, is defended in this match type. So Seth Rollins and Johnny Gargano are starting. They're trading pin attempts. Pretty good chemistry between these two guys. Seth is all the way on the outside, and Gargano actually catches, tries to, or no, sorry, Gargano goes on the goes to the outside, tries to go for that slingshot spear to Seth. Seth catches him, tries to go for a pedigree. That doesn't work. Seth gets dropped to the outside, and then Gargano gets in the ring and then does a slingshot spear to Seth onto the floor. Nice trading sequences there. Then Austin Theory becomes the first man entering in. He's trying to manipulate Gargano into an alliance because the fans are going doing the whole singing thing, which Vince Russo doesn't like to set some music. But Gargano's like, nah, I'm aligning with you. So Theory's trying to get away. He gets into his pod chamber and tries to lock himself in there. But then Seth and Gargano both get in there and just start pummeling the hell out of Theory inside of his own chamber pod. Pretty nice move there. Now comes Demon Priest as the next participant. Then, like, Theory's on the chamber floor. He's like, yay, kill everybody there, Damien Priest. Priest kicks him and then gets that step-up tope onto the outside onto Theory. I think they described it, like, as a catwalk. He stepped up and the, did the tope senton there or whatever the fuck it's called. Not much of a catwalk. I mean, if you want a catwalk, go to old school. 
Priest then even goes up top, and Seth catches him, does a super does superplex Falcon Arrow combo. Nice one there. And then in comes Bronson Reed, who I know nothing about. All I know is he does a lot of goofy faces. That's honestly all I know about the guy. So Bronson's going doing that whole dominating spot. He's holding Seth back. It's like he's about to go for uh, reverse CDT, and then Gargano comes at him. He catches Gargano and does takes Gargano and drops him with an Uranagi into Seth. So kind of like flipping around there. And then later on gets a double Samoan drop on both men, which Michael Cole accidentally calls a fallaway slam. Not correct there, Cole. There's a difference. Then Ford finally comes in. He's going on a house of fire. He's going ape shit on theory, and he's doing a lot of crotch chops during all this. And then Bronson Reed takes Ford's head off in order to stop him from Ford from doing the whole people's elbow in the ring. Even though people were like, yeah, do it. So, yeah, nice way to kill the crowd on that one. Theory is trying to, ends up getting on, or, hold on. Theory surprisingly gets on Reed's shoulders for a moment, so, or, yeah. Theory gets Reed on his shoulders. <laughs> I was trying to read that back because I didn't think I even typed that right, but yeah. Theory was temporarily showing a test of strength there, but then Reed gets off of there. Gargano gets on top of Reed's shoulders, Bronson Reed's shoulders. Seth springboards off the top rope, gets a clothesline onto Gargano, who then reverses, transitions that into a reverse poison Frankensteiner onto Reed. And that doesn't quite put him away. Then Priest gets in the tries to go for a crucifix powerbomb on the Ford on the floor. Ford takes that momentum, gets on the chamber, climbs up towards the ceiling, like not quite in the middle, but at least on the diagonally horrid, diagonally form of it, turns himself inside out and does a crossbody onto everybody who's out on the floor. Great athleticism there by Montez Ford. Then everybody decides we gotta take Reed out, so Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and Montez Ford are having a super kick party on Bronson Reed. Then you see a DDT, slingshot DDT by Gargano, stomp by Seth Rollins, and then Montez Ford gets the frog splash to finally get Bronson Reed out for the first elimination. Crowd's loving this, and I'm living it too. Theory tries going for the catapult to, onto Seth Rollins on the floor. He climbs up the chamber pod, and then he's sitting there next to Gargano, and they're both trying. They're like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, everything's all right. Then Seth Rollins is like, wait, it's every man for himself. So he's trying to go for a power attacks Gargano after slapping him in the chest. He's trying to go for a power bomb, but then... Uh, Gargano reverses it into a Hurricane Rana, two Rollins off the chamber pod, and he takes out both Theory and Ford while Gargano kind of clips Damien Priest on the way down, because Damien Priest was a little too close to the pod to really take that whole, like, whole maneuver and everything. So, Gargano's, then, you could tell he was getting ready for, to be eliminated, because Gargano's trying to go for this whole momentum, like, comeback and shit. He drops Austin Theory with the slingshot DDT after taking everybody else out. So Theory's dropped on the floor with the DDT. He gets in the ring and Damian Priest drops him with the Crucifix Powerbomb. And there goes Johnny Gargano. Priest then tries to go for a super choke slam on Rollins. Ford stops it. So then Rollins has uh, Damian Priest up for a Powerbomb. And we see a double team combo because then Ford drop, jumps off the top rope and hits a Blockbuster onto Damian Priest. So Powerbomb, Blockbuster combo. Priest is gone. Thank fuck. Then Ford tries to go for that, is just hitting flying tope sentons on Austin Theory and a Seth Rollins. He gets on both of them, so he's flying all over the ring. He stops Austin Theory's finisher, that A-Town down or whatever it's called, hits him with the Nunagi, tries to go for the Frog Splash, Theory gets his knees up, and then Seth Rollins delivers a stomp to Austin Theory, or sorry, to Montez Ford, whose head is hanging out of the ropes, onto the floor, and then Ford is eliminated. So now we're down to Austin Theory and Seth Rollins. Rollins ends up, looks like he's about to go for buckle bomb, but instead gets the lager bomb. And then officials are getting called in to check on Montez Ford because it looks like he can't get out of the ring. 
So then, finally, the action continues after the officials are finally getting Ford at least out under the steps. Austin Theory avoids the stomp. Theory tries to go for his finisher. Then Seth Rollins goes for the pet, hits the pedigree. And then who comes out? Logan. I can't see the color red. Paul. He gets in the chamber. Buckshot Lariat to Rollins. And then even hits him with his own curb stomp. Theory gets him up. Boom, drops him with the A-Town down onto Seth Rollins and retains the championship. So yeah, that truly solidifies that Logan Paul and Seth Rollins are going one-on-one at WrestleMania. Definitely better chamber match than what we saw earlier for the women. It's great. And it actually really did pay off. At least it's better than the Intercontinental Elimination Chamber match that we saw seven year, eight years ago. So thank fuck for that. Now we get to the main event. Roman Reigns defending the Undisputed WWE Universal Championship against Sami Zayn in Montreal. We all know the backstory. Sami Zayn became an honorary oos as part of the bloodline after proving himself to be worthy of them. But then at the Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns had to defend his championship against Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn made his alliance known after getting pushed around by Sami and everything he had seen during the match and stuff he experienced with bloodline. Took a steel chair and put it in Roman's back. Everybody kicked him out of the bloodline, except for Jay, who just could not put put himself into the mindset to even do harm on a Sami Zayn. And then finally, Sammy decides, hey, I didn't want anything from you before, Roman, but now I do, and I want your championship. And you even looked at SmackDown just the night prior to this pay-per-view, and the crowd was white hot for Sammy during his entrance, to the point where he's just crying tears of joy because the emotion's just getting him. So now we finally get to this big match. It's Sammy Zayn and Roman Reigns' 900-day streak as the Undisputed Champion, and I believe it's also been over 900 days since he was last pinned, I mean, he hasn't been pinned since TLC 2019, so let's see how this goes. I mean, right off the bat, crowd is white hot for this whole one, and even during both Roman's entrance and before the opening bell can even, like, sound everything, the crowd is chanting, fuck you, Roman. I mean, finally, we get a heel that gets a fully negative reaction like we've been needing for years. And there's a lot of time wasting because both men are just listening to the crowd saying, ole, ole, and all that stuff, so it takes a little bit for them to get started. Sammy gets an advantage early on by sending Roman to the outside, gets a tope suicida, crowd's loving it. Of course, he doesn't let the high spot to really start things off high. Roman starts doing the whole slowly, slow dissection of Sammy beating him down. He's taunting his family, like, right in front of Sammy. Like, hey, this is your wife. See, look, is this your man? Like, I'm surprised he didn't do what Samoa Joe did to AJ Styles and his family years back, saying, hey, I'll be your new daddy from now on. Could have done that. Then Sammy's had enough of the taunting. He starts fighting back. He's like going on a momentum shift. Starts taking out Roman. He's even on the outside and kisses his wife after beating down Roman and throwing him to the out back in the inside. He's climbing up to the top rope, about ready to dive on Roman. But Roman slaps him with the right hand. So it's like, yeah, that kiss might have cost you a little there. Roman tries to launch him off the top rope, and instead Roman gets nailed by Sammy with a sunset flip power bomb out of the corner. And then Roman, and he's about to get hit with the blue thunder bomb shortly thereafter. He stops it with elbows to the back of the head and drops Sammy with that Urinagi. Ugh, nasty landing. Sammy even stops Roman Reigns from going to Superman, drops him into an exploder suplex into the corner. He then tries to go for a huluva kick, but then eats a Superman punch. I mean, of course, Roman's going to somehow get that Superman punch no matter what. And Sammy, he's about to eat the spear. He leapfrogs to avoid the spear as Roman hits the corner. Roll up for two, and then another exploder suplex to Roman into the corner. Sammy charges up from the corner with the Superman punch of his own and a Huluva kick from your fall. Now, normally I don't like when people try to steal finishers because it kind of feels like a waste. 
but if it's done at the right moment and it makes sense, it can work, and this was a rare case of it. Because normally you see other people steal signatures and finishers and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, and it didn't end the match. It's like, no shit. But it's like, this actually works with the story that was going on between these two. So now, getting back to this, Roman, like, ducks out of the ring to avoid another Huluva kick, then Sammy goes to the outside. He's about to go for that diving torpedo DDT that he hasn't done in a while, but Roman stops him mid-move with the right hand, and I think Sammy might have cl really clipped his abdomen, like his torso area, on that turnbuckle as he was sliding across, because you could see a nasty scratch along his abdomen right where that turnbuckle probably st stuck him in. It's like, that would stick for him for the rest of the match. Roman is then circling the ring. He's about to charge Sammy. Sammy gets out of the way, and Roman spears himself through the barricade at the timekeeper area, Roman gets thrown in the ring. Sammy stops the Superman punch and drops Roman with the Blue Thunder Bomb. Another near fall. So they're really trying to get over the Blue Thunder Bomb as a move that could really do more win or victory right in there. Then you get to the ref bump because Roman is about to get hit with the Blue Thunder Bomb. He stops it, backing Sammy into the referee. So referee gets hit multiple times, and then Roman gets hit with another Huluva kick. So, Roman's down, referee's knocked out, and the referee could have counted to 10 if he was up, but, yeah, Sami Zayn didn't win there. And then out comes Jimmy Uso, who's somehow allowed in Canada. He gets three super kicks and an Uso splash on a Roman, or, sorry, on a Sami. Referee, another referee comes in. One, two, another near fall. It's like, sheesh. Then you get towards the ending. Sami... It's about, like, he's trying to go for a house of fire again. Jimmy's on the apron. Sammy boots him off almost like his own Hulua kick, just not in the corner. And then eats a spear by Roman. But it's still not enough because Sammy kicks out a two. Jesus. So then, referee, or Roman, uh, yeah, I think Roman was trying to go for a Superman punch. The backup referee gets taken out. Sammy hits his own Superman punch on Roman again. And, uh, let's see. Yeah, and then Roman rebounds, hits his own Superman punch, and then both men go down. So you get a double down there. Then Roman gets up. Heyman fetches a chair from under the ring, as Roman as Roman told him. And then Roman is about to go for use a chair on a Sami Zayn, but out comes Jay. He's just standing between Sami and Roman. Roman is just like, get out of the way. And Jay's not saying a thing. So Roman takes the chair, hands it to Sami. Or, sorry, hands it to Jay. Jay's not doing anything with the chair. He's just constantly looking at Sami, because you can tell the emotions are getting there. He's hesitating. Roman's just like, what the hell are you doing? Takes the chair back and starts pushing Jay around, just like he did to Sammy back at the Royal Rumble. Then Roman looks at Sammy, gets out of the way, and Sammy ends up accidentally spearing Jay out of the ring. So, ugh, miscommunication there. Then Roman takes the chair, unleashes a barrage on a Sammy again like we saw the Royal Rumble. One more spear, and Roman Reigns retains as referee wakes up. So yeah, Roman, still undefeated, just narrowly. Then post-match... Jimmy gets back in the ring, he's laying in right hands on a Sammy, and then out comes Kevin Owens. I think this is the first time he's been seen since the Royal Rumble. I haven't been keeping up on Raw or SmackDown as of late. He's laying in right hands onto Jimmy in the aisleway, gets in the ring, stunner on Roman. Jimmy gets in the ring, stunner on Jimmy. And then uh, Kevin Owens takes Jimmy Uso to the outside, Papa power bombs him through the rebuilt announce table. Because I guess we couldn't have a second announce table ringside, so you had to repair that original announce table. Then he grabs a steel chair over behind where the now-destroyed announce table was, gets in the ring, and Heyman gets into the ring, starts trying to beat on Owens, like clubbing him in the back, and Owens is no selling. He's like, Heyman, what the fuck are you doing? Drop the chair, star on Heyman. Yeah, awesome. And then Kevin is standing between Roman and Sami Zayn, who are on opposite corners. 
Kevin Owens steps back and lets the Huluva kick get nailed on a Roman as this all comes to a close. But you can see right at the end, Kevin Owens leaves the ring and both Sammy and Kevin are locking eyes. So you can tell that they're really truly sticking to this plan that most likely at WrestleMania, we will see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens reunite as a tag team, but they will also do it in the build, and they're going to take on the Usos for the tag team titles. Just you wait. So overall, this show actually say was pretty damn good. I mean, the opening women's elimination chamber match was pretty good. The Brock Lashley match was a disappointment because it landed so short and had a cheap finish, but of course, they're going to use that as a reason to build a rematch. The intergender tag team match was actually better than expected. I think it was one of the better intergender tag team matches we had seen in a while. The men's elimination chamber match was great. And then this main event was actually really, really damn good. I think this was one of Sami Zayn's most notable one-on-one matches he has had in quite a while in WWE. Or at least that I can remember, because I don't remember him having that many memorable one-on-one matches that people are going to look fondly on, since at least the matches that he kept having with Kevin Owens. But, I mean, that's all up to personal opinion. So, out of 10, I would probably give it, like, around a 7. I still prefer Royal Rumble just a bit more, mainly because of how they ended that pay-per-view, because of the story being told and everything. But this was still a very solid event. Like I said, I just preferred the Royal Rumble a little bit more, but it was still a really damn good show. No, you know what? No, it also bump it up to 7.5. Because, like I said, that main event really delivered. The U.S. title Elimination Chamber match was also great. The other Elimination Chamber match for the women's, like I said, was pretty good. And the intergender tag was pretty good as well. The only letdown being Brock and Lashley because they had to almost do like a storyline type of match in the way to build up to their final match they're going to have. But overall, this was still a damn good show. So anyway, let me know y'all thought in the comment section below. What did you think about Elimination Chamber 2023? If you enjoyed today's episode, folks, please remember, leave a like and subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. Follow if you're listening to this on any other service that this podcast is available on. I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out and good day, everybody. I wish I had beer right about now.